1: It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. The
2: reason I have faith in this, the reason I'm so positive on this, potentially unreasonably positive on this, is because I think this is a great landing spot for Eric the Enemy's personality. Because who the hell on this offense is gonna step to him and be like, oh no, I know better. Like, don't talk to me like that. Yeah. Like, are are is there a general human respect and professionalism that that should be happening? That perhaps the enemy has has pushed at times with certain players in his career that haven't responded well to that. Yes, but it's not like you know Lashawn McCoy, who was very accomplished and at the end of his career by the time he got to Kansas city and then was getting barked at and he didn't like it. And he's like, I'm LaShawn McCoy. Like, what are you talking mm-hmm. to me like that before? There's nobody on this team like that who Terry McLaren is the most established guy. One, Terry wants to be coached hard. And two, he's still young and hasn't really accomplished anything. He's never, uh, he's played in one playoff game in his career. The Enemy's a two time super or super bowl champion coming in. And I think when you have that status, the ability to push people, you're like okay well this guy knows how to win i better do what he says and i'm i'm going to get on board with this and i think that and obviously working with Reed these last 5 years and, and seeing how andy handles players i think has probably made me a better coach and i think this is a really great landing spot for him to be able to push and teach and and achieve that high level of detail that actually makes the offense work with you know all of the the x's and o's stuff that we talked about for the last 35 minutes
1: no, I think so. And I think – I mean, I do think there are people on the roster that you potentially got to be concerned about. It. And it's the older guys. It's the Lenos. It's the Norwells. And I know everyone says, oh, they're not good players, so get them out of there. But as no, we just Norwell talked about – Norwells probably
2: going to be here. but Yeah, Leno,
1: but sure. I, as we just talked about those guys, like they – they're rebuilding an offensive line, right? And he's going to be a piece of that. So, you know, if he creates some friction with Leno, then Leno's got a good voice on the team. Like those are the – that is where it becomes – slightly problematic, I think, is with the older guys on the team that have been around to some different staffs and seeing how people communicate. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I do think on the whole, this is going to be a thing that's, um, that's very advantageous for this group. And I think, um, like you said, like there's not a lot of people here who've won a lot of games, even on the coaching staff, right? So getting someone in here who's going to kind of put your foot, put his foot on your throat and say this is how we're doing it, in a way is good, right? It's, you know, like I look at like Bill Callahan's a good example of this, right? So Bill Callahan is notorious for being exceptionally hard on the offensive line. And what he does is he gets them out there 20 minutes early. He keeps them 20 minutes late. They do very, very hard, special strength exercises. And he talks meanly to guys and he's kind of gruff and rough around the edges, but he does a good job of developing a galvanized group that are galvanized in hatred against him. And I think he does it on purpose and he's very, very detailed and he makes, he cultivates iron out of those groups. And so what I envision for this offense is something quite similar, right? Is a guy who's going to get you out early, keep you late, be very, very taxing. And so for a young group, a young offense, that's what you want. At some point it's going to need to transition out probably. You know what I mean? You need to transition to, you know, the next phase of coordinator, the next phase of coach that's gotten you out of this developmental phase. But right now, I think this group needs somebody like this who's going to be very detailed, very absolute in their perspective and very, very demanding, especially given, like you said, like the best player on this team has been in the league for like five years, you know, like they need someone to push and push hard and galvanize this group and turn them into iron. And I think you can do that. And I think if anybody's capable of doing it, he's capable of doing it. Um, and it's just about kind of managing some of those flame, those fires that'll pop up because inevitably there will be some.
2: Yeah. But I also think that's where leadership comes in. And I think they have the right kind of leaders here. Um, and by the way, I think the quarterback is the right kind of guy too, frankly. Like, I don't know if Sam Howell can play, but everything I've heard about his demeanor and like his work ethic, I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a really good fit with Eric Bianami. You know, BNM's talked about how Patrick Mahomes is a first in, last out kind of guy. Um, I think we've seen uh, through like NFL films and stuff uh, the the kind of leader that he is super intense, um, very demanding, very high caliber, like can have fun and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he's a guy that is dedicated to the work. Guy like Travis Kelsey, dedicated to the work. You know, as much fun as Kelsey is, like, that dude's a fiery competitor. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Shady McCoy, whose competitiveness and dedication was questioned far before he got to Kansas City. Yeah, he didn't get along with, with Eric Biennemi. And also as Andy Reid uh, said in an interview when asked about Shady's comments, uh, he didn't talk about Shady directly, but he was like, you know, so we've had a couple guys have come in at the end of their careers and weren't quite as good as they used to be. And uh, they didn't really like being told that. Mm. And so, you know, yeah, Biennemi probably told LaShawn McCoy, like, you can't do the stuff you used to. You're not there. And maybe that was him trying to positively coach him and be like, you can't do that anymore. Here's how to be effective. And Shady just heard, you're old and you suck now. And so he hates Eric P. Like I'm not really putting a lot of stock into what Shady McCoy says. I think that for a guy like Terry, who's got the respect of everyone else on that offense and is a guy that wants to be pushed and wants to be great and is not really going to, you know, fight back in a fiery way against a coach who pushes him. Uh, and like, look, he played for, you know, he and Curtis played for Urban Meyer, who is, he cross lines um, in terms mm-hmm. of the way he coached guys. Um, so I'm not saying EB is going to be a walk in the park, but like they're used to being coached really, really hard mm-hmm. um, in that Ohio state program. And so I think the leadership group, McLaren for sure I think Howell is the right kind of guy on that. And then you have a bunch of young guys who don't really have a ton of power. I think it's the right group as well. I mean, Robinson obviously is going to take on a bigger role this year. Guy comes from the Alabama tree. So definitely used to be in coach hard. Um, I think it could be really fun. And you know, a guy, even even within practice, like the barking that's going to happen between John Allen and Eric Bieniemy, like that's probably going to be fun. Like it's going to be a competitive environment. And it's on Rivera to ultimately kind of manage everything. And I think Ron is good at that. I think that's one of his strengths is kind of the having the feel and the pulse of the team as a whole. So I think in that way, it's also a good mix of personalities. You need some pushers on your staff. You need some good cops, if you will, on your staff. And we'll see how they fill out the rest of this offensive staff and who's there to, to be able to smooth things over if, if needed. But I really do like the fit and like i'm just more positive on this than almost anything else that's happened for this team in the last three years if i'm being honest about it
1: and i think you should be i think you should be very positive but again like being positive is also being Uh, realistic i I think that's what i'm trying to kind of temper here is like i think that this is a this is this is excellent this is the best case scenario You, you mentioned um you know roman greg roman and him being an addition here i think like, Greg Roman would have been, like, a solid double. You know, like, you would have gotten on base. I would have been really happy. The offense would have been fine. But I think this has the potential to be a home run. Now, like, there are some limiting factors here. We've talked about those at Nauseam. Um, but I, I, this is an exciting thing. I'm not trying to say don't be excited. I'm saying everybody who's listening to this, be realistic about this yeah. and understand The excitement the- should
2: cap at like, hey, they. if everything goes right, they're a top 10 offense, not they're going to be the best offense in the league. And also that's if everything goes right, realistically, yeah. they're probably going to be better than they have been. And that's barely That's top
1: important. Half. And that's yeah. important. It's important that they're better. And I think, I agree. I think they will be better. And I think, yeah, perfect scenario, like they're the top 10 offense. But I think you're looking in that probably 18 to 13, 14, 12 range you know like it's a good range everyone's going to be excited about that team here will be excited that's better than they've been in a while like you pointed out but I, I think it's important that, and that'll be good right and there's a there's a world where it doesn't the offense takes a win it to install they're dealing with a young quarterback there's all these things the offensive line doesn't come together the way you hoped. all these factors that are I don't want to say stacked against but they, they make it challenging they make it challenging to execute a good offense and I've said this before I'll say it again Kyle Shanahan Sean McVay those guys said it takes a true three years to get your offense fully installed. And what that means is like getting everyone to know the absolute details, understanding the personnel completely. Now, is the offense going to be good year one? Probably, but in terms of getting it to where it needs to be, it's three years. And I think that that's another thing is the time constraint here. So am I super excited EBS here? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to do a great job? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to elevate this group? Absolutely. But I think there's some other things that just make this a tough job. And that's why, you know, there were, I don't think there was a lot of interviews with like outside of enemy, like top flight candidates, quite frankly, because it's a tough position to be in.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Yeah, but I I think for EB, of course, he wants to be successful as long as he's here. I think his ultimate personal definition of success is making this a a top 15 offense this coming year, getting a head coaching Mm. job. And whether that's here or somewhere else, uh, as new ownership takes over... And he doesn't really care as much about the three-year long-term. I like, and obviously totally his agree. next, his next stop, he will care about that because he's going to be head coach. And right. like,
1: you know, so it's just, but, it's but just th- a different thing. I think that point you bring up that that is his ultimate goal. I think the more I think about it, the more it's like, that has to be his goal is that he's taking this to get out of Andy Reed, get out of Patrick Mahomes, get out of Kansas city. And he is expecting, I would imagine the ball this year and then be gone next year or you know be gone to greener pastures quite frankly
2: yeah and and that's the thing is like i think he to go back to my first kind of thing i said is he needed a place that was challenging enough that it was undeniable when he gets results but he also needed a place that he thinks he can get results and i think the fact that he took this job look the assistant head coach thing is also it's not like, it's icing on the cake, but it's not nothing. Yeah. Um, mainly that he's going to get a bigger check because of that. So they're going to they're gonna pay him more than he was getting in Kansas City. Uh, one, because he's a play caller. Two, because he's assistant head coach. But I also think that Rivera will, like, people are asking me what that means. To my best guess, it probably means that he is going to be pulled into some of the head coach only type of stuff. Where, like, Ron has a time management meeting you know, or, or Ron has whatever personnel meeting and where normally it would be just him, he's going to pull EB into that stuff and be like, hey, this is what it looks like. One, I want your input because you're my assistant head coach. And two, I'm kind of letting you shadow me so that you're ready for this job in a way that he wasn't getting in Kansas City um, because that wasn't part of his job and what part of what his responsibilities. And so he is being prepared to be a head coach here in a way that he wasn't. And i think that was probably part of the conversation where ron is looking at him you know i don't know whether he looked at sean mcdermott this way inherently or mcdermott was so undeniably good that he gets the job in buffalo but like ron has had coaches come off of his staff and get other elevated jobs before um including the most successful one being mcdermott and i think the is coming in with that mindset and somewhat of an agreement between ron probably some level andy um who is very close with ron and ron's mentor and Eric to say like, look, we all agree. This is the plan, right? We all agree. This guy should be a head coach. We all agree that this is part of the process. And we all agree that he can't stay with we in Kansas city because the NFL has clearly said that's not good enough. So let's send you to, to Ron. You have a chance to be really good there because of the skill position receivers. And you're going to have a chance to build something. You're going to have heavy input on the offensive line and, and all these things that we've been talking about that are, that are, currently incomplete about this roster and then if you're good you'll be prepared and you can go spread your wings and i think that is part of the deal everybody knows it and the best case scenario is that happens that we're having another conversation a year from now about the new offensive coordinator because eric Bieniemy just got named the head coach of whoever um i also think you know there's a chance that he's named the head coach here depending on what new ownership thinks of rivera and how things go this year Um, that's a different conversation, but I do think that the is hoping that a year from now, whatever other problems that we're talking about are not his problem anymore.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's, I agree. I don't have anything to really add to that, quite frankly,
2: anything else uh, to add to the podcast in total about him or about anything that could immediately come next,
1: just that I'm excited. And I think there's going to be, it'll be really interesting to see kind of the next, the next thing for me is the coaches that he hires on the staff, Mm -hmm. because they're kind of the thing, Everyone thinks that, you know, OC is big deal. It is a big deal. It's a huge deal. But, like, in terms of conveying that message, I think people, like, undervalue skill posi- – like, uh, the position coaching hires. And so, like, I would keep an eye on, like, maybe offensive line, maybe quarterback coach, and those are some big deals, I think. You know, receiver coach, potentially, I think that's less important because of the guys that are in the room. But I think, you know, when you look at what they were doing in Kansas City, like, it's a very – it's high-level stuff, and it's a little bit different than what Matt Skow's done here. So that would be someone I'd keep an eye on. And then the quarterback coach, you want somebody in there that you trust implicitly, because that's like an extension of your voice in the room. And EB will probably be around that a lot. But again, those couple hires, I think, are going to be really, really telling about you know how some of these transitions will go, You know, the young quarterback development and the offensive line. So.
2: Definitely, and look, I think Zampese could be, you know, if that. Yeah, I'm not saying went he's well, out of it. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah, he's out of it because of the relationship he had with Sam and the ability to translate the offense. Uh, he's a guy that's been in multiple systems. Um, you know, obviously, keeping an eye on Drew Terrell as potential to get the passing in coordinator job in Arizona um, no. after he interviewed for the OC job. But like you said, um, not that not that uh, I could go into coach receivers, but you definitely could. Well, yeah,
1: could. I mean, you'd feel pretty good about. I mean, because it's a good room. It's a bunch of good pros. Yeah. It's a bunch of guys who are going to handle their business. So, I'd, you know, like if this was some bunch of bunch of slaps, you'd say we got to get somebody really high level in here. But you probably get somebody. My son could probably go in and coach those guys. Like they'd run the meetings, they'd do all the stuff they need to. All right, do. if
2: if Owen can do it, then I feel confident. I think
1: I, th- right. I really feel good about it because I have a lot of faith in that in that group in that room, <laughs> you know. So, but uh, yeah, I, again, I'm not saying anybody's out, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes the next couple of days because I do think those are some big dominoes that need to still fall potentially. Definitely.
2: All right, uh, we will be back. Uh, well, tomorrow uh, we're going to record on Wednesday. It'll be up on YouTube Thursday morning in your audio feeds. Uh, with any uh, more stuff. Uh, obviously, the press conference is on Thursday. So we'll learn more about exactly what the assistant head coach job is and uh, what he thinks. I'm sure he'll be asked about Sam Howell and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's Thursday. We'll have coverage on the radio show. And then next week um, we have two really cool podcast plans. I'm just going to go ahead and say, we're going to do the second yep. one that we talked about <laughs> uh, on Monday. We're going to record with Mike Renner from pro football focus. So that'll be like, your Who's big... their,
1: he's their lead draft analyst for PFF. He's like, He's awesome. He does a great he's, job. Yeah, I'm
2: very pumped to talk to Mike. Uh, he's also a friend of a friend, which is how we got in touch. Which is kind of a fun story. So we'll probably have a little. Uh, he's also like a weirdly
1: handsome guy. Have you said met Mike in person? Uh, no, I've seen him on television though. And, yeah, it's like uh, you're unfair. Looking at,
2: you're looking at the second and third most handsome guys on this podcast uh, next, <laughs> next Monday. Right now, uh, it's up to you, the viewer, uh, what what order uh, that
1: I, we rank. I heard, in. A, Mike's, I heard a rumor that he was, he was on The Bachelor. He was on The Bachelor. He was a contestant on The Bachelor. Is that true? I don't know. I we uh, we'll have to look it. that up we'll have yeah, to look we're
2: that up or ask him about it and he's like no what are you talking about then uh, that'll just be awkward but you know we look forward to that on Monday this is why you stay around to the end of the pod we get a little loose uh, and so that'll be Monday and then Wednesday uh, slash you know, Tuesday, Thursday again yeah. audio feeds uh, we always put it out at first thing in the morning um we're going to do a crossover pod uh with the Train with the Best podcast, my fitness podcast. My co-host Chris Gores is a guy who's done a ton of combine training over the years uh and so uh we've had Logan on that pod before uh, as Logan's a trainer obviously. I'm a trainer, but this time of year, you know, we always hear about 40 times obviously, but like what does that actually translate to? What are what are teams looking at with every single drill at the combine? and all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. And how do prospects get prepared for that? So we thought that'd be a really kind of cool, unique uh, look at the NFL combine. We'll record that in person in Indianapolis, uh, which will also be very cool, uh, as opposed to Logan and I staring at each other through computer screens uh, mm. with whoever else is on. So uh, be at the combine next week, excited for that. Uh, combine preview with with Renner, the very handsome Mike Renner on Monday. And, uh, Make sure that you're subscribed for all of that. Uh, Whether you are watching us on YouTube, listening on Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or, again, full circle, a callback, if you will, the very free, very beautiful Odyssey (laughs) app. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed, and we will catch you then. All right, that's enough yapping. For Logan, I'm Craig, and we'll see you not too long from now here on Take A